0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by j Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is The
1: Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medor So we got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 8th day of October, 6.06 in the clock and 71 degrees and sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. It's The Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And Joey, it's one more day away until we enter into the OHSAA playoffs. That's the first round, and we got one team here in Athens County that is advancing into the playoffs. So this week, two teams with a bye in Trimble and Nelsonville-York, but Athens Bulldog football over on Power 105 tomorrow with a game time with the broadcast start at 6.50 and, of course, kickoff starting at 7. To join us now and talk about OHSAA playoffs, the WUB sports director and the founder, the producer, the whatever you want to call him, the, the mastermind before... The 7 zone Michael Roth joins the program now.
2: Roth, it's good to have you on the program. How are you? Uh, I am great, Connor. I'm just excited for the playoffs to begin. You know, not a ton of huge matchups in um, in the first round, but, you know, still good opportunity for these teams that don't make the playoffs very often. And then, boy, the second and third rounds are going to be pretty fun.
1: Well, what teams are you covering? That way we have an understanding of where you're going and what teams are going to hear about.
2: Yeah, so week one, we're not covering very many games. I know we're going to be at Waterford-Miller. We're going to be at Burn union We're also going to be at the Vinton County game and the Philo-Maysville game. So those are kind of the games that you're going to see us week one. And then uh, week two, we're excited for the potential matchups of um, Keith and Cambridge, uh, John Glenn and Warren, um, Jackson and Tri-Valley, uh, Nelsonville-York, and I forget who they're projected to play. Um, but yeah, those are sort of some of the games that we're going to be at. Um, obviously, top teams looking to win state titles that we'll be following, uh, Trimble Tomcats, Fort Frye Cadets, uh, Adina Warriors, Ironton, uh, Wheelersburg, and then Bloom Carroll and the Sheridan Generals.
1: All good matchups. And, you know, the one matchup, I think we talked to you about it over on the post-game show last Friday, but with Jackson losing to Chilla Coffee, uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen between the Tri-Valley and Jackson game?
2: Yeah, that game is very interesting. Um, I – after watching both teams, um, you know, I got, I got pretty uncomparable because, you know, the one game that I watched of um, – Tri Valley was their 33 to nothing loss. So I don't have the greatest um, evaluation for them. Um, but I would say I would make Jackson a slight favorite um, over over Tri Valley if the two teams would meet. But it should be a very good game. You know, Tri valley a lot more experienced while Jackson has a lot of young talent.
3: Roth, who do you think uh, going into this postseason? Obviously, we're not going to see any of these teams playing this weekend. I don't think make any kind of deep run to go all the way to state championship. But who's, uh, who's a team around here in the southeast Ohio area that uh, you think is kind of flying a bit under the radar with how low their seating is, and you think they have potential to make some noise in their region?
2: Uh, I would say that um, Reedsville Eastern and Burn Union are two pretty solid bets down there in Division 7. Burn Union got a huge win over a number four seed in a Division 6 region. That shows that maybe their number nine seed in a Division 7 region was a little bit uh, too low. So I would say them. Also, Eastern, uh, they should face Caldwell in the second round. Caldwell's the team that beat them in a close game in Week 1. So that rematch would be pretty interesting to just see that dynamic playing out once again. Um In terms of teams in a bigger division, I would say Granville has a decent uh, shot. They will will have a tough game against the ninth seed at Eastmore in the second round. But if they can get by that, you know, I think they're a little bit better than the eighth seed that they did receive. You know, they lost two games to Waverly, that's top 10, the state division three, and also Licking Valley, who has made to the state final four back-to-back years uh, on, like, basically the last play of the game, so... Maybe if their fortunes turn and they win a close game, Granville could make it a little bit deeper than you might
1: expect. And you said you were gonna go out to that burn union and, and Bishop Rosecrans game, right? Yes,
2: yeah, seven four ozone will be there.
1: So that's gonna be an interesting matchup because that's on the Trimble Tomcat side of the bracket, right? Trimble will either have Monroe Central or Strasburg Franklin, depending on what they do tomorrow. And then should Trimble advance, they will either get you know the eight seed in Beaver Eastern or whoever beats them, whether that be, you know Against Bishop Rosecrans or Sugar Grove Burn Union, um, that could be an, an interesting game to kind of gauge and see you know what is Trimble's op- opponent look like come week two or week three. Yeah,
2: and I would I would pick Burn Union to beat Beaver Eastern uh, right now, um, and I would feel pretty confident about that pick. How important Roth are you?
3: taking into consideration that you have home field advantage all the way until the uh, what would be the regional final game, since obviously that's a little bit unprecedented that usually they start playing neutral sites when it comes to the postseason, except I believe, what is it, the first postseason game is a home game for the top seed?
2: Yeah, so, so usually only the first round game is
3: at home. Right, so how big do you think it's going to be Like a team like Trimble who plays so well at home or some of these other teams that share it uh some other top seeds that are from around here, Ironton obviously as well, that they're gonna have that home field advantage, wanting we'll to travel far till all the way till, you know, we get down to, you know, the final eight teams.
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna be a huge factor, especially uh I think it's gonna be key for Sheridan. You know, if they face the six seed, they're the three seed in their region. Um that's gonna be against the team from around the Columbus area. So I'm sure that they aren't going to be very used to playing uh,
3: in a cornfield.
2: Where And then another dynamic is um, uh, Waverly. they got the four seeds. They're going to be likely hosting the five seed in the third round in Archbishop McNicholas, and that's a school right outside of the Cincinnati area. area. So that's going to be a far haul for them. We'll see how the home field advantage uh, really plays a part in that game as well.
1: And, you know, with this Athens game coming up tomorrow, right, I mean, did, did you say that you had somebody covering it for the seven four O zone or no? Oh,
2: we will not be at the Athens game That's on, a hall. on Friday. Yeah, it is a
1: long distance. I understand it for you guys. But, of course, you know, you can hear that. Uh, we got the Bulldogs all year long. You can hear it on Power 105. Uh, but I know you guys have seen the Bulldogs a couple times this year. Uh, they, they've got a real tough task against, you know, Western Brown coming up. Western Brown's 4-2. and two. Uh, they are the higher seed, even though it's a 15-18 seed. I mean, do you got any predictions or insights on how Bulldogs are going to have to bounce back after a big loss to Nelsonville, York last week?
2: Uh, well, I think the main question is, will Joey Moore be able to go? Um you no, he will any not. Any broke his collarbone. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't been paying up-to-date to the Joey Moore injury news, so I guess he won't be playing. Um, nope. Yeah, you know, without Joey Moore, um, going to be difficult for Ashton... Um, obviously to compete, I would say biggest thing for them uh, would just be staying on track on offense with a new quarterback. Uh, don't get into third and long. And also, big key is going to be not to fall behind early because then you might have to throw the ball a little bit more, make it more predictable, and that's going to be a tough spot to put uh, that quarterback into the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Athens is in a, a tough predicament. Uh, As it is, I mean, it's a long drive. You're going to play about a two-hour game and take a four-hour trip to to make it out to Mount Oreb tomorrow. But, you know, got confidence in Nathan White. You know, go out there, and they'll have to do their best. You know, reinvent the offense, kind of tailor it to a sophomore quarterback who will be the quarterback of the future for the Bulldogs. I mean, this was Moore's last year. Unfortunately, you know, he has the the injury that he can't finish out the season with. But still, you know, it is a... uh, Something that the Bulldogs will have to overcome, and you know, with everything that's going on, it's not the biggest thing that that you know high school sports has had to overcome this year.
2: No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Bulldogs can do. Don't want to count them out, especially not in a uh, 15 versus 18 seed game. So um, yeah, we we'll just uh just have to go out there, make that far drive, and be ready to play when you hop off the bus. Yeah, Mike. Uh,
3: you know, it's just some of the matchups this year uh, especially when you look at the second round some of the one seed games that we could uh, be potentially seeing i mean connor has got four Fry versus belprey will be four prize first game wave or uh, excuse me iron's has a chance to play the new lexington panthers in their first playoff game i mean how ugly do you think some of these uh, some of these week 2 matchups can get cuz obviously you know you even with the top eight teams, we see blowouts in the first round of the playoffs, but it seems like there could be quite a, uh, a talent discrepancy here the first couple of weeks of the postseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think New Lex is any worse than uh, two of the teams that was on Ironson's regular season schedule. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably going uh, to be 50-7, to but... Um, I don't think it's going to be too crazy. Like I, like I said, I think I think New Lex is probably better than at least one team that Irons played in the regular season. So it's not going to be a complete shell shock to the Irons football program.
1: And one of the things that Joey and I kind of talked about yesterday on the sports fan was you know, Eastern now has a bye. Eastern's got, was it uh, Caldwell coming up uh, next week? Yes. And Belpré also has a no contest as they advance and will face Beverly Fort Fry. But, you know, they are They rescheduled a game. I mean, what is your opinion on – do you schedule a game? Do you try to get something in tomorrow, or do you just take the week off?
2: Uh, I personally would probably just take the week off, um, especially if you're a team that expects to go far. Uh, there's no reason to take those extra hits. Um, if you think you're going to be playing football deep into November – um, so yeah, I would say uh, enjoy
3: the week off because you don't get that in a normal OHSA season. Yeah, of course not. Uh, it's a it's a interesting decision to make, especially for Eastern, um, because obviously they thought they were playing a game at the beginning of the week and then found out midway through that they aren't. Uh, Roth, how big do you think COVID could end up playing, uh, putting a wrench in these playoffs? Do you think it's just a, a week one thing, the reason why we've seen a, a decent amount of teams decide to not play, or do you think that this could potentially be an issue that lingers throughout the postseason? I mean, you know, if you're a stud first seed and you think you're going to win the whole thing, but all of a sudden your quarterback, wide receiver get COVID, you know, that can obviously throw a wrench in things. So, do you think that's going to be a factor in the postseason this year at all?
2: Yeah, no doubt. But um, like you mentioned, the quarterback wide receiver getting COVID, it it doesn't matter. I believe if anybody on the team gets COVID, uh, the game has to be canceled and you have to forfeit. So it's it's not going to matter if the quarterback gets COVID or if the third string center gets COVID, uh, you're just going to be out.
1: And it makes everything very difficult because contact tracing and practicing – you know, at the professional level, you know, you could have the Titans who are in the midst of an outbreak, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on the sports fan when we go to the NFL talk. But you know, you got teams who can, you know, see where the the virus is and kind of quarantine those players. At the high school level, that's nearly impossible to do, especially since you know these are high school kids. Everybody's around everybody. Some teams play offense and defense. You know, some kids play on, on both sides of the ball, depending on how big your school is. So, you know, to it makes it a very difficult position yeah if you have a positive case during the postseason there's a very slim chance that you have that postseason game played
2: yeah no question and uh, how frustrating would it be if like a one or a two seed has to be forfeit against like a 15 or a 16 seed a team that you know you're better than that that's going be that's gonna be frustrating if uh, it ever happens.
1: Well, so far, haven't heard anything of the sort yet, Um, but I mean, it's something that you got to pay attention to and and really prepare for, uh, for this weird 2020 high school postseason.
3: Yeah, another question for you, Roth, obviously, uh, Trimble, big, big topic in this area, and uh, going into the season, a lot of question marks, we weren't sure exactly how good they would be, and it, with that saying that, they're they're the one seed in their region. Still still the, the same Tomcats we've seen. Is this team good enough to go all the way this year?
2: Uh I would be very surprised if Trimble went all the way. Uh, no disrespect to them. But just looking at Division Seven, uh you got Marion Local, you got Tri Village, you got Lima Central Catholic, uh Lima Perry, those are some of the top teams in Division Seven. And um based on Trimble's close calls. With teams like Eastern and also um, Waterford, I would be—I would be very surprised if the Tomcats went all the way. Uh, as the one seed, they obviously could make it to the state final four, um, but I think there is a better chance than not uh, that they don't make it to the state final four. Maybe the Tomcats will prove me wrong. You are setting um, yourself you know,
3: up perfect. to be soundbited, my friend.
2: I mean, I'm fi- I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with that. Um, I, I want to be clear. I am not like a Trimble hater. I love the Trimble <laughs> program. Uh, I watched them in the playoffs last year. I thought I thought they had a great chance last year, even up in Division Six, yeah. to go back to the state title game. The team um, they lost I, to
1: uh, went all the way. I mean, they lost in the finals, but it was unbelievable what happened to them last year.
3: I, that again, it's yeah. a uh, sore. Don't get uh, Connor going on this one. Yeah. That, so any uh, so any wounds. people
2: in Gloucester who are upset at me being skeptical of the Tomcats this year. Just know I was marching the drum for them last season. So this is a purely this season versus last season. I was a big fan last year. Maybe got a couple more questions
3: this year. Well I, I would agree. I think you'd be crazy to say that uh the last year's team wasn't uh a little bit better than this year's Tomcats team, obviously.
1: But as you take a look at the region, right, as the number one seed you mentioned all the teams that you think that might, you know, beat Trimble might be a little bit better. Uh, eight seed is Beaver Eastern, the four seed is Danville, fifth seed uh, Newark Catholic, then you got Howard East Knox as the two, Shady Side the seven, Hannibal River three, and Caldwell is the six. Now, even if Reedsville Eastern is able to defeat Caldwell, well, then you have a team that you've already beaten before. Uh, but I don't think any of those teams are really uh, going to. Uh, yes, they can tra- uh, challenge Trimble, but it's not. I don't see the big powerhouses that you were talking about, at least in this region, that would stop them from getting into the state championship
3: game. Newark Cats, good team, you
2: know, man.
1: If, well, yeah, they're a good if team. Trimble,
2: <laughs> if Trimble can go through Burn Union, Newark Catholic, and then either East Knox or River, that will they will have no doubt earned that state final four berth. Um, I, I think that's a pretty brutal road for a Division Seven team outside of the Northwest Ohio region. The Northwest Ohio region is always the toughest for Division 7, but outside of that, I think if Trimble can go through Burn Union, Newark Catholic, and then either East Knox or River, that'll be as difficult of a path as anybody else will see prior to um, the State Final Four in Division 7.
3: Yeah, and obviously, Mike, it's a young team, right? I mean, they have you know more freshmen than the rest of their other three classes combined this year. So, you know, you're taking an inexperienced uh, playoff team. Of course, Tabor Lackey's been solid growing throughout the season. He's never started in a, in a playoff game at, at quarterback. I mean, you know what the Trimble defense is going to bring to the table. I mean, outside of the Nelsonville-York game early on, they've been pretty stout. Um, but, uh, you know, the playoff football, it's something different, man. And if you're not ready, it can, it can creep up on you. And all of a sudden, you know, the season's over.
2: Yeah, no question, Joey. It's uh, It'll be interesting, especially, like I said, Burn Union's playing well. Uh, Newark Catholic, perennial playoff team um, that had tough losses to uh, Division II schools. Uh, a close team against uh, a good Division Five team in Johnstown, Monroe. So uh, don't let that 3-3 three and three record fool you. Uh, Newark Catholic, I think, has as good of a shot as anybody to make it to the state Final Four out of that region. Out
1: of the top half of the bracket here, Roth, the, the top... I guess, you know, one through uh let's, let's see, on, on the Trimble side of the bracket, out of Eastern, Beaver Eastern, Danville or Newark Catholic, who do you see advancing past and into the uh, state semifinal game?
2: Um or into the re- I mean, let's go you, regional finals. I, I think it's gonna be either Trimble or Newark Catholic. Um if I'm being honest, um I don't know, if you made me pick one, I, I might pick uh, Newark Catholic, but, you know, I think it could go either way. And I, I also think I also think you're kind of sleeping on Burn Union. Like I said, I uh, I personally would be picking Burn Union to beat Beaver Eastern um, in that second-round game.
1: It's a possibility. I mean, 8-9 seed, it's a flip of a coin.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a little
3: different in high school football. Sometimes the seeds are a little... Oh, yeah, especially especially season, this year. Especially yeah. this season, like this year.
2: Well, so I think, so Burn Union got a huge win in week six that wasn't and, factored into the season. Exactly, if exactly. They knew, if, if they knew about that win, I think Burn Union's the sixth seed.
3: And also, I know you were high on and You thought they should be the two seed, but then they lost last week. And, you know, that could have also played a factor. in you know, so it, it's a little different trying to judge uh, yeah, River,
2: everything. So, so Rivers' resume was really good before week six. And then they kind of got killed in week six. So maybe uh, they were just playing well and aren't actually all that good.
3: Yeah, it's a lot, a lot to think about.
2: And East Knox too. That's a that's a program that finally joined the, uh, the AP state rankings. You know, take those with a grain of salt. Um, but that's a that's another team that I'm sure will be a, will be a tough out.
1: And of course, Tomcats are still ranked third in those AP rankings, which is always a, a nice sign to see. But Mike Roth, appreciate you joining the program. Always great having you on. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Yeah, that was Michael Roth, the sports director over at WUB when they begin things back up and going again, and the founder, the producer of the 740 Zone. You can find them on Twitter at 740Zone, or I think it's the same thing across all social media platforms, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, they got got uh, Instagram, too? Nah, I don't no. believe so. Okay, so they, they got the, the YouTube, they got the Twitter. And Facebook. And the Facebook. They, they, they've been doing a good job. Yeah, you know, especially stepping up since Gridiron Glory has not been, you know, for the first time in what, 22 years, 21 years, that uh, Gridiron Glory is not a not a thing here in Southeast Ohio. So, they've been doing a good job filling the the content void, as one might say.
3: Yeah, yeah, they really have. Um, uh, they they kind of branch out more than you can with Gridiron because Gridiron only covers the four conferences and whatnot, whereas Mike just kind of goes wherever the wherever the heck he pleases on <laughs> Friday nights. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's gotten he goes to some schools and will complain about how he's a two hour drive and I say, Well you chose to go, so Right. (laughs) Well I mean
1: they're going out there, they're doing what they do. Yeah. Um Like to see him go to the Athens game, but I understand. I mean it's a two hour drive. You know, both ways. Both ways, yeah. I mean it's a four hour trip, not including the the two hour game or just about. Right. So I I understand it. Um but that will that game, again, will be our Athens County game of the week. It will be our Athens Bulldog football, uh, which will be over on Power 105, WXTQ, 105.5 FM. Or you can listen to it online starting at 6.50 tomorrow at WXTQ.com backslash Power 105. Or you can download the mobile app, WXTQ Power 105. It's also the same thing on Android devices, iOS. No matter where you get it, uh, you can get that game either through the Internet or over the air, just like you're listening right now. We'll take a short break on Sports Fan on the other side. Football, I mean, the Titans just cannot catch a break, and it might endanger their game coming up this week. We'll talk about it and more as it's a big week with the Bengals, as it's the Bengals and the Ravens coming up on Sunday. All that and more as you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
0: In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens.
2: Cowboy. For the best in rock, grunge, metal, and whatever, join
0: Sky. Oh, what a good night. Every Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 till midnight on Power 105 with full throttle. Hey, hey guys, I'm loving full throttle tonight. I'm rocking, you're rocking shoot sugar. Everybody's rocking tonight. Brought to you by Avalanche Pizza, where every pizza is an adventure. This is Mark Snyder of Snyder, Fuller & Stroh. If you're confused about your Ohio University retirement plan, we would like to help you navigate the upcoming changes. Snyder, Fuller &
1: Stroh has been serving the Ohio University community for over 40 years. Our door
0: is open online or in person at 5 Depot Street in Athens. Meet with the people who care by calling 740 594 8385 or connect with us online at SnyderFullerStrode.com What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on classic hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Hit it. <laughs>
1: Back inside for the Sportsman right here on the 97s at WATH. Bills the Mike along with Joy Medore. Got you up until 7 o'clock today. 631 on the clock. We just heard from Michael Roth, the 740 Zone producer. He's done a really nice job with getting everything going uh, on that front. Uh, 69 degrees, sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. And, you know, I-, I saw coming across a couple things. We've been talking about the NFL. We'll start with... Uh, the one that we've we, we talked a lot about, how Haskins yesterday got demoted to the third string. Well, a little bit of better news, I guess, for another rookie quarterback. I know Haskins' second year, he's only had 11 games, not even a full season. But uh, Justin Herbert is now the the new starting quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, of course, Herbert came in after Tyroid Taylor had his lung punctured by a team doctor. And that's a, a painful way to give up your starting quarterback role. Uh, Taylor was taken to the hospital, uh, which again cleared the way for Herbert. He's thrown for over 290 yards in all three starts. Of course, did not eclipse the 300 mark like Burrow has over his past three games, but still uh, has has done a nice job as a rookie quarterback of the Chargers. Definitely that offense was a little bit better than uh, we saw in week one between Cincinnati
3: and the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this isn't shocking news. To anybody, is it? I mean, uh, I, I expected it. Everybody knew Tyrod. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor. He's not. He's uh, just. You. I guess he's a good backup option. But I mean, if you really watch him play, he just kind of does nothing. <laughs> like he wasn't throwing the ball over. He didn't take a sack or anything like that. But like he, like, like he doesn't also make the offense better. He's just kind of. He's just kind of out there. He can kind of manage a game, uh, as you can see if you hold the team to 13 points they did week one he might give you 16 and that'll be enough to win but other than that you're not really getting much else out of that and uh herbert's come in and played really well in the in the couple games that he's been a part of uh throwing for over 290 yards and all three of them as you mentioned almost beat the chiefs took them to overtime so yeah i mean he looks good he's got a strong arm down the field i mean they spent a top five draft pick on him for a reason not to have him sit on the bench which, I mean, that's what the Dolphins are opting to do right now with uh, Fitzpatrick and Tua. But Right. Yeah, I mean, its did not come as a surprise to me. I figured, I mean, if Taylor doesn't have that incident happen week two, he's getting replaced at some point this season.
1: And I expected him to be replaced this season. I mean, Like his past, what, three or four teams now, he was with the Bills. They made the postseason with him, but then he got replaced by Allen, right? Uh, Josh Allen, the, the quarterback for, uh, for Buffalo right now. And then he well, no, goes. Cleveland signed him. He's a free agent. Well, yeah, but before that. All right, so they signed him as a free agent. Then then the Bills signed uh, their their now franchise quarterback the way that Allen has been playing. Uh, Then Cleveland signs him, gets replaced by Baker Mayfield after three weeks. He came in in week three, didn't he? Yeah. Or something like that. And then he goes over to the Chargers, then has another first-round pick replace him. Um, But, again, I mean, if, if Taylor was better, then maybe he would stay in as that starting role. Uh, but it's just kind of funny how he's the placeholder until the real franchise quarterback comes in behind him. Now, is Mayfield the franchise quarterback yet? We don't know about that. Um, but, you know, his past teams that he has left have found a starting quarterback that has produced for the team on a more consistent basis than, uh, than Tyroy Taylor. I just hate the way that he gave up the starting job because it was on an injury. And, I mean, it's not funny, but he the doctor punctured his lung. I mean, the poor guy. Uh that's not the way, if you get outplayed, that's one thing. But if you go he did. out by injury. He did get outplayed. Well, uh, yes,
3: he got outplayed. That's why he's not getting the job back.
1: But um, he wasn't replaced because he was outplayed. He was replaced because <laughs> he had an injury that was through no fault of his own. I mean, he had a, a rib injury, but that it got made worse by the team doctor. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be any legal
3: action taken in that one.
1: That could be. I don't know. I mean. He'll, he'll win. Make, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll win. But, I mean, you're playing in the NFL. You're making millions of dollars anyway. Even if you're sitting on the bench as a backup quarterback, you're still making some good money. But either way, uh, it's at least a better situation than what the Titans are in right now. Mm, uh, we talked a little bit about Buffalo and Allen as a quarterback, but that game was supposed to be Titans and Bills coming up this week for Sunday. And it was really the first outbreak that the NFL has had to deal with. And the Titans, again, had another player test positive uh Recently, whether it was today, yesterday, um, so the Titans are still not out in the clear yet. It still seems like that outbreak is getting under control, but it's not, again, it's not there. Uh, And when it's not there, you can't put the risk, you can't risk, you know, having the Bills get infected. That's why the Titans and Steelers game got pushed back. Uh, but Titans now might miss back-to-back weeks, which would cause a little bit of a another scheduling issue because it's not like baseball where you can just double up. You know, you, it's going to be hard to figure out where the Titans can make up these
3: games. Yeah, you know, at first I didn't really crush them too bad because you can't really figure out how they got it. I mean, like someone could have went home and got it from a kid who went to school or something. But the the video comes out of them having a a practice they weren't allowed to at a high school. I mean, the optics just aren't great right now, because you know the Patriots had an issue, right Cam Newton tested positive, and now we've heard Stefan Gilmore, but it's only two out of the out of the rest of the team, and nobody else has had this problem, even the team the Vikings, that they played against the week that uh that the outbreak happened um so you just wonder what are they doing that the rest of the league that what are they doing differently from the rest of the league that is causing them to have such this big outbreak uh and, you know, it sounds like, I mean, the league met Monday and they came up with this whole new, apparently stricter rules about it. Uh, a lot of people have brought up maybe a bubble idea, but the players seem really not, uh, not all that keen to want to do that one. So it's, it's a tough situation, but it makes you wonder. It's kind of like the Marlins early on and the Cardinals. And when the MLB season started, it's just like, what are these guys doing differently that the rest of the teams who aren't having anybody test positive for all these weeks, what are they not doing correctly?
1: Right. And, and like you said, you know, they, they have, there's video evidence, there's photographic evidence that they have violated the protocols, right? Because they were supposed to be shut down, but then they went to go practice at that other field, uh, the private school. And, you know, it, it's not, again, it's not a good look for the Titans. It is not something that, that should have been done by them. Uh, they handled their situation better they might be playing a game this weekend and and that game is not off but when you still have people testing positive and new people testing positive that that becomes an issue if you're the Titans and goodell came out and said if there is any break in the protocols that the NFL releases then they might forfeit the game you know if it's just uh, somebody catches it you got to move the game That's fine, but if you have to move the game because of broken protocols and that you are still dealing with the virus, then that game could be forfeited. And for the Titans, they got a a 3-0 record so far. They were undefeated. They were looking pretty good, a a playoff contender.
3: And you don't want to forfeit a game because you didn't do the right things. Yeah, and the, the I mean, the issue with this week is if it's similar with the Patriots, they were just one or – it was just a couple guys with everybody else tested negative, then they went on to play Monday instead of Sunday. The problem with that is with for the Titans, if they push it back to Monday, I believe they're supposed to play the Chiefs Thursday night. So, I mean, that'd be – you know, the NFL purposely doesn't schedule like that because – you know, you're not going to have a team play on Monday and then again on Thursday. So you're going to have to keep shuffling around the schedule. Maybe you try to push the Chiefs back to Saturday or something. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, it's going to cause a lot of headaches. And, yeah, I mean, they just can't really seem to, to nip this one in the rear end here. It just, I mean, every day you just keep seeing more tweets about how more cases have broken out with the Titans. Right.
1: And, again, it's not a great situation, but they're not alone in the situation that they're in, you know, it, at the collegiate level right now, you have a couple colleges who are postponing things, including Baylor, uh, which you know they they paused everything in football related, uh, but they still say that the game against Oklahoma State is still on. You know, they had 10 active cases, including six with people uh, experiencing symptoms. Uh, the Baylor Bears have already had two games called off because of coronavirus and they've played uh, only two games, beating Kansas and losing to West Virginia. Uh, but even Baylor, you know, is having difficulties trying to keep this thing under control. I mean, a lot
3: of colleges have. This isn't yeah. like a high hated situation.
1: I mean, it's across the NFL. It's across, you know, the college landscape. Um, and even the SEC is is threatening to go out there and, and have fines for people, you know, breaking the mask protocols. Uh, but Greg Sandke, the uh, Southeast— conference commissioners threatening schools with a one hundred thousand dollar fine and individual suspensions if coaches fail to keep their masks on during games as the league tries to play through the coronavirus pandemic. that um, you don't wanna have to face yourself with a fine and pay that just because you're not wearing a mask. You know? You're out there playing a the game. Just just do whatever you gotta do to, to go out there and play it. And you're not you don't have to worry about anything of the sort. But it is what it is. Teams are uh, going to do what they do, and, and hopefully they do the uh, the right thing and continue on with their seasons. The positive, at least in the college landscape, we have the Bobcat schedules out. Uh, we talked about that yesterday, but Ohio will open up away at Central Michigan as they begin their uh, shortened winter, fall-winter season, uh, which is good to see Solich and the Bobcats go out there and try to contend for Mid-American Conference Championship and win one for the first time in a while. But they got to go out there and do that first. But before then, Big Ten comes back with Ohio State on the 24th. And we got the schedules and broadcast schedules updated on our website, wxdq.com backslash sports. You can get all the uh, information you need, where we'll be, and then schedules and results, a little drop-down tab on the website. You can uh, go out there, see all the standings, TVC Ohio, TVC Hawking, uh, Big Ten, and Mid-American Conference. We'll take another short break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we'll wrap it up as we get closer towards the end and closer to high school football playoff season, which begins tomorrow. Phone lines are also open at 740-592-6646. It's the Sports Fan, presented by Jane k
2: Contracting. Flu shots are available now at Fruit Pharmacy. Protect yourself and others from the flu. It's never been easier. Walk in, call ahead, or get a flu shot in the safety and convenience of your own vehicle. Need other items? Don't forget about Fruit's curbside delivery and let Fruit do your shopping. The CDC recommends everyone over six months of age get a flu shot every year with no charge on most insurances. What are you waiting for? Get your flu shot today at your local Fruit
0: a-M-E-S-C, Project Rise. Join us each week for Autosmarts. You'll never know who will show up. Jay Leno, welcome to Auto Smarts well,
2: Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Don Garlitz, thanks for everything. Thank you so much. Bill Engvall. And Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing just great. The
1: one and only Carl
0: Edwards joins us today. How are you doing, brother?
2: I'm uh, doing really good, and uh, thank you for having me on. This is cool. So come on, join in the fun. That's Auto Smarts.
0: Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: Back inside for the Sports Fan, right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by JNK Contracting. Bills on the mic along with Joe Medor. Mentioned it before going into the break, but the uh, you know Bengals and Ravens are a big game. We had pff, Russ Heltman. Lined up to talk about a little bit today, but then uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow with him, along with the Bulldogs. Preview that game before they get set for the OHSAA playoffs. But you know, Bengals and the uh, or the Bengals and the uh, the Ravens coming up on Sunday, and that'll be a big, big test for the first couple games, and they enter into a brutal
3: stretch of games for Cincinnati. Yeah, the 13-point uh, underdogs in a division game, so. I think that tells you a lot of what you need to know right there. All right, I mean they enter in. You got the Ravens, followed
1: by the Colts, who have a really good defense. Then the Browns again, which you've already lost to. Hopefully, you get the Titans, which have a, a good team. Um, then the Steelers could be winnable, could not be winnable. We'll, we'll see what the Steelers do. But then you got Washington, the Giants, and the Dolphins, all winnable games. Cowboys, then Steelers again, Texans, and then Ravens end out the uh, the regular season there. But it does not get easy and this next stretch for Cincinnati. And with Baltimore coming up, you got the reigning MVP. Uh, There's a couple reports out there. I'm sure, Joey, you've you've seen it. Maybe he's, Lamar Jackson is day-to-day with a knee injury, right? I mean, it's, he's probably still going to play on Sunday, but he's not going to be 100%, would that be fair to say?
3: No, no, there's no reports saying they won't be 100%. uh. Whenever you have a knee injury, I mean, Yeah, I just don't like the connotation that goes with Lamar Jackson being injured, but um, yeah, he's missed the last couple days of practice. They said uh, that they're not worried about it, and uh, they're just trying to get him rested up. I mean, there's not uh, an instance on Sunday, I can recall, where they talked about him being injured. Uh, Harbaugh hasn't brought it up in any kind of presser that they've had about it, but yeah, he has missed a couple of the days due to a knee injury. Um, But, I mean, if I'm a Bengals fan, I don't I wouldn't bank on Lamar Jackson uh, not playing because, well, first of all, if Lamar doesn't play, the Ravens still have a pretty decent shot at winning this game. I mean, it's just the talent discrepancy. I mean, who's going to – I just don't – the Bengals' defense is like Swiss cheese. I mean, I just don't know who's going to be able to slow down anything. The offense might be able to generate something. I mean, the Ravens' defense hasn't been – exactly firing on all cylinders the past couple of weeks. I mean, they allowed Haskins to throw for over 300 yards last week. Of course, Mahomes lit him up the week before, and uh, Burroughs had a pretty pretty decent run, obviously, last few weeks, throwing for over 300 yards in every game. So they might make some things happen on uh, the offense side of the ball, but I just don't think they're able to slow down anything the Ravens can do. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Uh,
1: that defense, again, depending on who you play week in and week out, they did their job against Jacksonville last week, but then you know, against the the Browns, they allowed 35 points. Um, you know, the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor didn't allow a whole lot. I mean, 16, but then you know that offense really wasn't clicking at that point anyway. Um, but it's going to come down to can the offensive line protect Joe, which it's a pretty good defensive line for the bank uh, for uh, Baltimore. And you know, what what can they do on offense? Uh, it, it's traditionally a very stout Baltimore defense. Um, Bengals are starting to get in a little bit of a groove on offense but again I mean, it's a team that should have done a lot of noise in the postseason last year they got upset by the titans but then you know they still look pretty pretty good this year and just ran into uh kansas city for their one loss that's probably going to be a rematch in the postseason so gotta wait and see
3: but it, it's a very tall task to ask for a win coming up this week yeah, rookie quarterback on the road. Obviously, no fans, so that you know that that changes that a little bit. Um, this Ravens defense blitzes more than anybody else in the NFL, uh, and they bring a lot of exotic blitzes. That's uh, kind of what they've been known for throughout their time uh, as a defense, especially since Martindale's taken over as the defensive coordinator. And we know how when this O line is bad, it can be really bad for the for the Bengals. I know they didn't have. Uh, you know the same amount of sacks and pressures as last week as the first previous couple weeks, but you know Jacksonville's not really bringing anything at pass rush, that scares you. And you know the Ravens they don't they don't get a lot of sacks, but they do get a lot of quarterback pressures and hurries with uh, with the kind of blitzes that they bring. And you know we've obviously seen several times this year some free runners uh, going up against the Bengals O line, and I feel like you could see a few more of those this week, and Joe could get a uh, get knocked around a little bit. I mean, what he's Gonna have to do is find the hot receivers, uh, really quick. He's been pretty good at doing that, getting the ball out pretty fast. Uh, obviously, had a little bit more time last week to complete some of the bigger plays down the field. But also, you gotta think about this Ravens secondary. I mean, Marlon Humphrey just signed a almost 100 million dollar extension. Marcus Peters is an All-Pro, and uh, they got a couple of young safeties playing pretty well in the back end as well. So it's it's gonna be a tough challenge. We'll see what Zach Taylor draws up. Uh, one thing I have noticed. Watching the Ravens is their uh, aggressive blitzing cost them when it comes to running a lot of screens. You saw a lot of underneath routes work for the Chiefs and Washington in the past couple of weeks. So we'll see if they can get that going. It's going to be tough to get Joe Mixon involved, but it, if you want to have any kind of shot, you need to figure out some way to establish some kind of run game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot has to go right, uh, just to, to, put it, to put it blatantly honest, uh, for, the, for Cincinnati to compete in this one. Well, the one thing that's gone right for them so far
1: this year is the connection between Burrow and Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd has has emerged as wide receiver number one uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, A.J. Green was a star receiver at one point. He's still coming back from injury. Maybe he shows something later on during the year. Um, but i I put more stock in Boyd and Burrow having that connection established than I would see between Burrow and A.J. Green. I mean, maybe if there was a preseason Green would look a little bit better, but he just has not been the receiver that he has been in the past and got to stay with the hot hands, and that's really been Tyler Boyd, 28 receptions, 320 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's been Burrow's number one guy to go to so far.
3: Yeah, well, if you want to feel a little bit better about A.J. Green, uh, if you take a look at his career stats versus the Ravens, in 11 games he has had, I just had it here, there in 11 games, he's had 53 catches for 886 yards and nine touchdowns against the Ravens. In 11 career games, that's over 80 yards, a contest, almost a touchdown every time he plays them. So if there's going to be a game where A.J. Green breaks out, uh, he's had great success in the past against this, this Ravens team. So perhaps he can kind of find that spark again. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. The guy didn't play football from his two years. Uh, so, so I mean, I feel like some of the expectations that were thrown on him were a little bit harsh because, you know, it's really tough to be banged up as much as he was and just to come back out and play at the same level he was at. But, uh, you know, give him some time. Uh, but they got other weapons at receiver. I mean, T. Higgins is starting to come along. As you mentioned, Boyd, Auden Tate's another option out there, big, strong, physical guy that goes up and attacks the football. And they, they got Mixon involved in the pass game last week. So they, they have other weapons but uh, obviously this offense could take a, a whole other step if you do get A.J. Green going in the right direction. Right. I mean,
1: you look at you know, the yards passing on average. Joe's been passing about 280 yards per game. Our the last three games he's got 300 at least. Um, but the, the worry is, you know, points per game that, that they've gotten, 24.8 is what the stat is. Points allowed per game, 24.8. Your defense needs to step up big. You need to give your offense, let them relax a little bit, you know, get, get a get a lead and be confident that you can throw it to the defense and you know, not allow anything to happen. One, it's a tall task against the Ravens because they have a pretty good offense. And two, you know, under two minutes, this defense seems like they just want to give up yards in bulk and either give up that you know, field goal near the end of the first half or give up that touchdown near... Uh, you know, at the end of a quarter, uh, the, the defense needs to do better in, you know, the two-minute drill or even the one-minute drill and really you know, close out a half strong, which they haven't been able to do, it seems like, all season long. I'm not sure one-minute drill's a thing. but uh, Well, it's not, but, I mean, <laughs> under a minute, you know, it, yes, it's a two-minute drill, but, I, again, it, it's just the timing has been minute,
3: give up. Bunch of yardage. Okay. and I'm, I'm referencing I, like the I, last I game. You were trying games. to make a pun there. It just didn't really come together. I don't know uh, if it's a pun. I mean, it's just a reference in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, and also what you got to take into consideration, Lamar Jackson in his three games that he's played in his career against the Bengals have absolutely torched them in the running game. He went for 102 of them, and then, of course, there was a game last year where, you know, everybody remembers the run. They show it all the time where Lamar hit the spin move and took it all the way to the house. And he also had pretty good success throwing the ball against him in that second game last year, too. I mean, they lit, they lit up Cincinnati. That was a game Finley got his first start, and they just got absolutely rolled. I think it was 49-10, to 10, the final score. So, uh, Lamar's had success against this Bengals team as well, and, uh, you know, you would assume with him not practicing these couple days, they're going to try to keep the offensive plan really simple, run some stuff that they've, uh, they've, they've had success with, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, continue to run that, that read option that's been pretty successful against the Bengals the first couple of years Lamar's been in the league. And uh, Hollywood Brown had one of his best games against the Bengals last year too. He caught a couple of touchdowns and a deep ball down the field. So there's a, there's a lot to worry about for this Bengals team because historically they have not had success slowing down uh, Jackson, especially when, in, when it comes to using his legs. And if you can't stop Lamar running, I mean, it's gonna going to be a long day. Right, I mean, it could be a long day. It could
1: be, you know, maybe they surprise people, but you got to go out there and play it. The the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens are definitely the favorite here. Uh, ESPN has them as the 81% favorite over Cincinnati. So it's going to take a little bit more of a, uh, an effort by Cincinnati. It's going to take a big step up by the defense, and offense, of course, will have to continue to fire on all cylinders. But you know, it's a pretty talented team in the Ravens, We'll see what Joe and the Bengals can do uh, coming up on Sunday 1 o'clock. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on 970 WATH and at 1130 for the pregame. It's an hour 30 for the pregame show for Cincinnati. Uh, So you can hear that all the way up until about 530 uh, is what the uh, broadcast time that we get. So you got 1130 all the way up until 5. It's a big football Sunday with Cincinnati and the Ravens kicking off at 1 p.m. Also in the postseason right now, moving from the NFL to the MLB, a couple teams are advancing into the, uh, you know, the NLCS or the ALCS. And the Braves defeated Miami today by a score of seven to nothing. They advance into the series. Uh, Dodgers and Padres coming up at 9:08 tonight. So that game, if the Dodgers win, they would advance. Yankees Rays coming up at seven o'clock. Uh, so if the Rays win. Then they would beat the Yankees in advance. If the Yankees win, there would be a game five. And then athlete, uh, Oakland A's and the Astros. Astros are an inning away from advancing as they lead that series 2-1. to one. And that's an 11-4 to four lead right now for the Astros over the Athletics. Man,
3: wouldn't that be something if they go on to win it? Yeah, I mean, you can't really say that they've been cheating because... It'd, be, it'd just be a big up yours to everyone. <laughs> across the MLB, new manager Dusty Baker,
1: which Dusty's been a pretty good manager over his career. You know, I'd be happy to see him get a a uh, World Series title, but unhappy that he was with the uh, with the Astros. But you can't claim cheating now, can you? Neutral site location for them in the postseason. It's not like they can set up their video surveillance anywhere, and I don't think that they'd be you know stupid enough to do that. But. Astros going to advance, ALCS, and then uh, World Series not too far away. But, again, Astros probably over the Athletics, advancing, 11-4 to lead for them. And then we'll wait and see what happens between the Rays and the Yankees, Dodgers and Padres, and Braves defeated the Marlins to advance. Braves are the two-seed in the NL uh, this year. But a lot of postseason stuff about to embark. MLB already through, NHL. Came to a close. NBA could be done. What is that game tonight, Joe? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, Lakers are looking to get their title tomorrow. Wait and find out. So what it is. Coming up next, CBS News at the top of the hour. Of course, we've got our game tomorrow between the Athens Bulldogs and the Western Brown Broncos. That would be over on Power 105, starting at 6.50, and then 7 o'clock kickoff. Brad Walker, Heath Clemens on the call for that one. As Heath stepping in for Frazee, and we hope to get Frazee back if there's another Athens game. Uh, if not, you know Frazee will be back next year. He's just got a prior obligation to go to tomorrow, so nothing up with him. He's just got another commitment to go out and uh, take care of first and foremost. But uh, it will be a hopefully a good game. Hopefully they make that long trip and be able to uh, have something to show for it. But best of luck to Athens. As they uh, get ready for their game tomorrow,
3: yeah, it will be the uh, first time they play them. So, you know, I'm going to get a little bit of taste of something new. going to be a long trip. Hopefully, they can get loose and uh, stay out there. I don't think it's supposed to be too chilly uh, this weekend coming up like it was last. So, hopefully, that benefits them. And, uh, you know, you just got to let let it all fall as it may. Well, game time temperature is going to be around 70 degrees
1: tomorrow. At least it happens. 76, the high. Right now, 72 degrees and sunny right here in south. It's getting a little bit darker now, but southeast Ohio. This is 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Joey Medora, Connor Mills signing off. It's been the Sports Fan, presented by j k Contracting. We'll see you tomorrow. In our 70th
0: year of service
1: to southeast Ohio.